The History of Personal Computing. History of Personal Computing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the History of Personal Computing eBay Edition podcast. It's our golden anniversary show. This is our 50th episode. We're a little late again. It's Tuesday, November 1st, and I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'll tell you all a little more about that in just a moment. But first, on today's show, we continue our look at the third tier of personal computing covering the handheld palm top computer. And I'm David, and here's Jeff. Hey. <laughs> What's up? It's November. Yeah, November 1st. Oh, darn, November. you blew it. Oh, no, I already November, said that, didn't I? November 1st. I did already say that. Yeah. yeah. Intro. Okay, yeah, we can say it. it. You can say it. But this will be released on, on, on December, I mean, October 28th. <laughs> yeah, sometimes things happen where things come a little bit late. But, um, yeah, and the reason being is because um, I've traveled uh, out of town you know, for a new job. Uh, so now I guess I'm jumping ahead because I was going to talk about this in a moment, but I'll talk about it now. So, so I got a new job. It is in my where I live. It's actually in the Buckhead area of Atlanta. Um, but the a guy I'm training with is out of Dallas, so they flew me to Dallas, and I'm in the hotel room right now. That's why I'm using just my built-in microphone, so hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. And I'm here till Friday, and then uh, and then back home Friday night, and uh, and then a person from here will be you know coming to uh, the Atlanta area. And training with and me. you know the show must go on. Yes, it must go on. We were going to try even to do through a, hotel Wi-Fi. Oh, I got a great quick story for you too. So we were going to try for last night to do the show, which was Halloween, which really wouldn't have been a good time anyway. But I wasn't thinking about that. But uh, ultimately, because I, I texted you earlier in the day, and then it was like, oh, duh, it's Halloween anyway. But um, I packed everything up really well. I was very prepared, and then I decided this. Uh, suitcase is a little too big so I took everything out got the next size smaller put everything back in it um, you know all, all everything yep. all uh, good to go got here and guess what I didn't put any of my shirts in the suitcase <laughs> I didn't have any okay. shirts I, mean, I did have some t-shirts but I can't go to work that way so thankfully in walking distance here there was a, a Marshall's and so I bought. So anyway, so last night, I, as soon as I got off work, I had to go. And uh, you should have I, sent the concierge out. You know, it's like you know what's twenty eight dollars a shirt. I actually wore because I went to church on Sunday with my wife and family. So I actually wore a decent button up shirt. So I was able to just uh, um, wear that to work Monday morning. And then I went and bought shirts yeah, at Marshalls. And you know what? Thankfully, I got some good deals. Like the one I have on is a polo, and it was only like twenty. Four dollars. This is the most expensive one I bought, and then the other ones were on sale for like twelve to fifteen bucks. It's not too bad. Yeah, I find at Marshalls. I don't have a. I think that might be a Marshalls near me, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm a Kohl's shopper because they give you all sorts of discounts on the right days and yeah, um, yeah, they're good. Too. And, but yeah, similar stuff. You get you get similar deals. Well, uh, some things can be expensive, but yeah, if I would you say Ross out, and Marshalls probably trump. Uh, if I use that word. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> probably have some of the best deals. Obviously, the then the selection is is give and take, or 
what was another word for it. You, know, you can't always find. Like I, I had spent a lot of time finding four shirts that were just right. So anyway. hit or miss, give or take, or your miss, own size, you know that kind of stuff, and uh, and colors that go together. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, found, I, found I, I can't dress myself. I, I can't dress. I, I've learned to actually look at the mannequins and say, hey, whatever the mannequin's wearing is in style. Uh, and that's what I get now. So what's all this I, about a mega uh, update? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, in the news, I, I had one thing in the news. I forget what I had in there. Uh, then I changed it the last minute. After 20 years, the Amiga finally gets a Workbench 3.1 update. Huh. So... Um, a company called Hyperion Entertainment has released, I think they have uh, the rights to um, the Amiga OS. Um, they released some bug fixes for Workbench 3.1, and you can now get, actually I think you have to buy this, um, an update for uh, Amiga Workbench 3.1, which can be used in emulation or in classic hardware. And it also, when you buy it, it comes with a copy of Workbench 1.3.3, which I believe is also a, a bug fix upgrade. But what they fixed is, um, well, they made Workbench 3.1 better compatible with the A4000T, for those lucky few who still have one. Um, the installer was fixed to use proper signs to allow installation for media than six floppy disks. Um, it also includes Workbench 1.3.3. And there are some Y2K bug fixes uh, that work on newer kickstarts. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, the Amiga is a, is a kickstart BIOS and workbench operating system. Um, and they're typically both in ROM. Um, now, you can also do either one of them in RAM if you want to lose a little bit of space and you know have a few startup boot tricks. But still, um, you can probably get this... Uh, well, the Workbench is software. Uh, that's right. Workbench is software. It's been so long. Yeah, Kickstart ROM. Um, and they also had, apparently, there was a problem with Workbench 3.1 for a certain program that uh, the FF program and startup sequence, that's like the um, auto exec bat of Amiga DOS to prevent problems on the 020 and 030 microprocessors. Kickstart updates the copyright information text, fix, uh, fixes memory bugs, and um, the Boing Ball logo replaces the rainbow color checkmark logo. So they, they changed the boot logo uh, okay. graphic. Uh, rebuilt with SAS-C, which is um, SAS-C uh, compiler, in order to free up more ROM space because the copyright text is actually in – they moved the copyright text out of the ROM and put it into a software library. And let's see, it looks like they added SCSI dot device for the A600 because the A600 really didn't have SCSI capabilities, but now it will. Uh, if you, I guess if you have the right hardware, because the A600 actually used IDE drives, which was, I think, in my opinion, a little more convenient. Uh, but now I guess if you can manage to get a SCSI controller for the A600, you have the device driver for that. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, and the SCSI device for the A1200. Now, there's one I could try out. Uh, still, I mean, they even say to themselves, it, it's nothing, nothing earth-shattering, but hey, it's uh, an old operating system, you know, bug fix. It's like, you know, if Microsoft released uh, a bug fix to Windows 3.1. 
Well, there's a recently, did we talk about it on the show about it was ProDOS got updated too, just really recently for the Apple II. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. I don't know if that was just news that spread around or if we did talk about that, but that's right. They, yeah, so they, that's similar. That seems interesting, isn't it? And it's funny that the, all these old operating systems, you know, due to either, what was it? Was it a company that did the, the ProDOS upgrade? Yes, I don't remember it was. Um, but still, if for those hardcore, hardcore Amiga users, you can get this um, update for about 20 bucks. And then burn them into EPROMs. Yeah, that you can still use Kickstart in software. You have to use um, there's a software process that runs at the beginning, which will then load Kickstart as as uh, RAM into memory, and then reboot again, and it has a new Kickstart. Uh, but that takes up about a half a meg of precious Amiga memory, and or you can burn them onto EPROMs and just you know change them in your system itself. But Hyperion Entertainment is the one who's doing that. And if you ha- are a registered user or have bought some Amiga stuff from them before, you can go straight to their restricted download area and get the upgrade for free. That's um, more to look into. But yeah, it's nice of, that somebody's doing this. They're out of Brussels. And, Brussels. Uh, and they have there's a, lot of, there's a lot of information on their website. And they also have a very active forum. Yes, they're also doing like, the new Amiga OS, the one that like uh, Amiga OS four, which yeah, four point one um, looks like. Yeah, it, it'll there. work. Let's see, you need 4. an Amiga 1. with a five hundred megahertz CPU or, or faster. Yeah, a lot, a lot of screenshots. Oh, what do you have yes. to have to run it? Well, the Amiga OS four point one needs to work on an Amiga with five hundred megahertz CPU or faster. Oh, yeah, wow, gonna find that. Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it, it's the, the more they do with the Amiga OS, the less it's compatible with the older stuff. So, um, hmm. oh yeah, the Amiga four point one is basically has real time graphics support, uh, improved DOS intuition and workbench. I think this, I may be wrong on this. I'd have to uh, look into it. I think this either runs on Amiga OS four point one, runs on uh, x eighty six architecture. Or uh, it might run on some older Macs. I was going to joke around about uh, now all we need is OS 2.5. But check it out. I did a quick search, and apparently here's an article from May saying... Oh, it, uh, runs, on, it runs on the Amiga 1 the, platform. The, um, I'm sorry, what? The, what, the Amiga OS? Yeah, Amiga OS 4, 4.1 runs on the Amiga 1 platform, which is a, a new... Oh, okay. It's a power PC-based um, Not an systems. emulator, but a, like a new yeah piece of hardware? Yeah, yeah, new hardware. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mean to change the subject so fast, but no, that's fine. I thought I'd be like, what are the things... To, like, I wanted to find this out for sure. <laughs> Windows 3.2. That's my curiosity. Or, but yeah, so apparently OS 2 will be released in the fourth quarter of 2016, which we're in now. It's going to be called Arca OS 5. So that would be kind of interesting, huh? A new version of OS 2. But anyway, we'll get off that. That wasn't in our notes. But that might be kind of interesting to, to follow. I so, have to ask this now. Uh, Are you recording locally? Yeah. I'm recording. Because you're siloing a lot. Oh, yeah, because I'm on, I'm on the hotel um, wireless. As long as I'm not siloing, it, it should be okay. 
Yeah, no, you're recording not. me. You've been good. So, so everyone, okay. I, I hope it, it isn't bad. So, okay. Your uplink's probably slower. Yeah, at the hotel room. I forgot about that. But, um, all right, well, pressing on. I wonder, can I record? If I don't respond, that means I didn't hear you. (laughs) So just in the news, I want to mention, um, I already mentioned I got a new job, so uh, don't need to talk about that. But uh, our friend Oscar is running the Vintage Computer Festival Zurich, and that's coming up. Oh, Oscar Vermeulen. Yeah, so that's in Switzerland, and it's coming up on the 19th and 20th of this month. So if you listen to us and you happen to be in that area... Uh, check it out. But there's plenty of neat stuff to look at on the website. It's a continuation of uh, Vintage Computer Festival Europe, but just in a new new location. So this is, um, I guess it's considered three, it looks like. So I guess it was originally yeah. called you know, Vintage Computer Festival Europa. And so this is, uh, you know, three. So I've only ever been in Zurich for about an hour and a half of my life. And that was for a, a layover. <laughs> So it'd be cool. I'd, I'd love to go to that. That'd be beautiful and really nice, nice to go there. So anyway, the link's in the show notes. Check it out. So moving right along here. Um, again, this is the podcast where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. It's sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. So again, today we'll be covering more about early handheld computers, but we're moving into the realm of the personal digital assistant or PDA. With the Apple Newton Message Pad and eMate. So go ahead and tell us about the Newton. The Newton. The Newton is a series of personal digital assistants developed and marketed by Apple Inc. I think we heard about that company before. Oh yeah. An early device in the PDA category, the Newton originated from or originated the term. This is where it came from, personal digital assistant. Mm-hmm. It was the first to feature handwriting recognition, <laughs> as good as it can get. Um, Apple started developing the platform in 1987 and shipped the first devices in 1993. That's a long development time. Yeah. Um, production officially ended on February 27th, 1998. Um, yeah, and that's a short it was it's even shorter on the market. Um Newton devices run on a proprietary operating system, Newton OS. Examples include Apple's Message Pad series and the eMate three hundred. And other companies also released devices running on Newton OS. Most Newton devices were based on the ARM six ten RISC processor and all featured handwriting based input. Now, the Newton was considered technologically innovative at its debut, but its high price and early problems with its handwriting recognition feature limited its sales. So Apple canceled the platform at the direction of Steve Jobs in 1998. And, yeah, the handwriting recognition is even spoofed or parodied on The Simpsons mm-hmm. uh, when I, I forget what was written, but it, it, they did a really good job of <laughs> yeah, uh, And also Doonesbury. Was, uh, Dunes- oh, did they? Oh, I, no, yeah, I they didn't really catch the Dunesbury one. And that, re- and believe it or not, those those things hurt. Uh, you know, the Newton quite a bit. I, there, it had other problems. I mean, it was uh, it kind of overpromised what it you know what it could really do. It it was a little bit. It was too big. Basically, it cost too much. You know, um, like this- the Mac Performance series in the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, the thing about the handwriting recognition, it did have problems with 1.0. But they actually fixed a lot of that by by its its first update, I guess 2.0, or definitely by 2.0. They had really, um, they had really refined it, refined it, it quite a bit. But then the damage was kind of done. Yeah, it was a little too late. So 
so also now about the Emate 300 from Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge, is a also a personal digital assistant because it is a Newton. And it was uh, designed, manufactured, and sold by Apple Computer. And it was marketed specifically to the education market, though it was sold to the general public as well. But it was sold as a low-cost laptop running the Newton operating system. It was the only Newton device with a built-in keyboard. So it was, of course, in the clamshell laptop form factor. The eMate was introduced March 7th, 1997 for U.S. $799 and was discontinued along with the Apple Newton product line and its operating system on February 27th, 1998, which I'm surprised thinking back, I would have thought it got canceled before then because, you know, I thought pretty much as soon as Steve Jobs um, firmly took back over Apple, I thought he killed everything, you know, killed that and everything. But I guess it was a little bit later on. Yeah, the first and only time I saw an eMate 300 was at Kansas Fest last year. And I think the guy was selling it really cheap. Well, um, and you can still pick them up pretty cheap. And um, I, I guess you list one of them, right? And I, yes. there's definitely a few on eBay. And we can talk more about that. But I, I have one I've had for a number of years. And they're very neat little computers. And um, Yeah, with that transparent color. Yes. You know, and you can um, definitely see based. Apple was, that's when I think Johnny Ive, I'm pretty sure, de- uh, designed it. And you can see that's when one of the early products where they were messing around with the translucent uh, plastics there that, of course, then the iMac uh, debuted fully in August of 1998. is when the first iMac came out. Yep. Let's see. So take it away with your first auction item. Yeah, loading it up right now. Um, the infamous Rare now, moniker. Do you know a lot about these? A lot about Newtons? I... When I worked at Hershey Foods, which is about 30 miles away from where I live, um, in the IT department for a couple of years, they, uh, one of the um, section managers was a big Apple fan. In fact, he's been with the company so long, he was able to convince them to let him use an Apple where everybody else got assigned uh, IBM um, PS2s um, because he was the web designer for them. So... Uh, but he had his Newton always on his desk, and this was the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So he, he loved the Newton. He showed me everything about it, and I was just getting into you know Palm Pilot myself, but he was showing me the Newton and everything. And it's a nifty device. It, it was big. It, you know, To me, it kind of looked like about the same size and shape as a Atari Lynx 2 handheld gaming system. Yeah. Uh, you know, just big form factor and nice enough display. Especially this, uh, like this one, this, these later ones were definitely were the biggest. Yep. Not kind of yeah, his wasn't, his wasn't like this. I think he had a slightly different model. This is a MessagePad 2100, which has a very large display. But still, when it's backlit, it looks pretty good. When yeah. it's not backlit, it's hard to read. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It was, yeah, but then again, so were the Palm Pilots at the time, too. They had the same kind of electroluminescent uh, backlighting, the bluish teal backlighting. Well, this is a Apple Computer Newton Message Pad 2100. I'm reading it verbatim the title here, um, and this one sold for seventy bucks in working condition, uh, free shipping too. So hey, some somebody probably got a good good well, deal on this one. Doesn't the seem too looks expensive. Pretty good in the um, pictures. I mean, definitely lit up. But if it you looks read the, absolutely fantastic. If you read the description, though, apparently it's pretty beat up. Oh, it probably has like, um, well, and, and maybe, I guess they didn't have much, they probably didn't have bumper cases for them. Yeah, well, it had a um, screen cover, which it says it's missing 
It says the middle of the screen is also heavily worn from constant use of signatures in the middle. So I guess it kind of has that rubbed away look on the mm-hmm. surface. Um, the unit is very poor cosmetic shape. But, you know, the, the pictures do this thing justice. Um, so if this was in bad shape, it certainly doesn't look it. And historically, uh, not that I've kept up with them that well, but this particular model has been, uh, other than the you know, like the clear models you'll see and stuff. This has been some of the more uh, valuable Newtons, the more expensive ones to try to get a hold of. And for 70 bucks, I wonder how much of that price reflects the norm or reflects the fact that, uh, you know, it was considered beaten up. Yeah, I think, I think the latter. I think, did, okay. I put, did I put a 21? Oh, okay, so I have a listing for a 2000. But yeah, Close I mean, enough, yeah. historically they're always, you know, Definitely over a couple hundred bucks in my, my okay. experience. So um, so moving along, uh, this is one I looked for specifically because a lot of people aren't aware of it. And I used to have one for a number of years, and I sold mine a few years ago. And let me get over to it. So this is uh, – they're describing it as Apple Computer Newton PDA licensed clone, Sharp Expert Pad, the PA. Uh, this is one of those – Newton well, OS clones. Well, no, technically it's not. And I'll explain. It isn't? Nope. Okay. Is that, um, so the original uh, Apple Newton was uh, called the H1000, the model, and, uh, and it was built by Sharp. And so this, so that original Apple Newton message pad, later to be called the, I want to say the 100, I think, right? It later became known as the message pad 100. But anyway, I won't get hung up on that. But that is the only Newton message pad uh, where Apple allowed Sharp, the manufacturer, to also build, to sell their own variation of it. So, I see. Okay. So again, technically, not a clone. It, it, it's totally an Apple Newton, just just uh, brand, Sharp branding their own version of it, called the Sharp Expert Pads, Expert Pad. So if you look at it, um, technically superior in my, my mind, because the case was uh, a little bit more, well, it was plastic. It didn't have the rubbery plastic, but it had a lid over the front face. Which protect, and it also has um, what looks like soft buttons at the bottom. Those are the same because you'd use your stylus on them. Yeah, and it looks like it's this one's missing the stylus. But um, these have always been a lot more rare. So like this one is trying to be sold for two hundred forty dollars, and uh, is it missing? It's and it's in Bulgaria. Bulgaria stylus manuals box are missing. So oh yeah, it's in Bulgaria. So two hundred forty dollars, I think, maybe a little little tough, but um, but there you go. But, yeah, I don't need it for two hundred and forty, but <laughs> I think there especially might, without a stylus, there might have been a couple another product that Apple did actually license the Newton OS for, and I can't I can't think of what it would be, but um, but yeah. So anyway, I don't know if there really were Newton clones, but I could be wrong. The, the description said very rare to find, only for collectors. So I guess non-collectors need not apply. One of the first tablets ever. <laughs> yeah, and Sharp does stuff like that. They like to break out into their own... Uh, like I have a Sharp Zaurus, which maybe I don't know if we'll be discussing that or not. Yeah. One of the first Linux handheld ones. I, I have that. And and that was kind of a... You know, they were trying to break into a new style of something or other uh, when they when they did that. But that's at a later date. Yep, we'll be moving into those very soon. Uh, ah, since you bring it up, let's see. Next show, we are covering the last of the PDAs. So, uh, or just a, so you have the Casio Zoomer, Amstrad Pinpad, 
and then uh, any other notable PDA we might find. And then we're done with PDAs, and then we're going into the organizers. Okay. So, uh, all right. Well, I consider this, well, the Sharp Zaurus I'm talking about is more of a PDA. It's mm-hmm. the Linux-based one. Yeah, did they sell them Linux-based? The yes, they did. Oh, I didn't the know Sharp Zaurus, uh, gosh, I forget the number, 5,000 and 5,500 series. Okay. They were basically Linux OS and a PDA with a slide-out keyboard. Huh. All right, well, so take Might it away at your next auction. Okay, next auction is, I think, what you were talking about, the early 100 series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple Newton Message Pad 130 backlit works plus keyboard. Oh, I guess they had a little external keyboard available for it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, um, the 130 is, so uh, let's see. So there was the, there was the original message pad, then became known as the 100, and then there's a 110, 120, 130, 2000, 2100, and eMate. I believe those are all the models. So this is like the the last of the, you know. So it's like a variation of the 100 the series. message pad, yeah, before they got to the even bigger okay. 2000, 2100s. Well, this one looks like it's in pretty good shape. And when, when you look at it, it really does look more like a large um, um, Palm Pilot mm-hmm. in its form factor. Um, just has the large message pad area at the bottom. I guess that's where the battery and stuff um, sat. But not a whole lot on this other than it's uh, got Newton OS 2.0 and it includes a stylus. Uh, it says missing end, but writes fine. Did, did the stylus on these things have like a twist off end or something? Um, if I'm, yeah, by the time you got to this one, the, um, if, I think so, you know, I'm trying to remember the, the, about the last third of the length of the, of the stylus would, uh, slide inside the main body. And then, and then when you, okay. pulled, you pulled it out, it would, so when you pushed it into the body at the bottom, it would collect, it would you know, collapse and you pulled it out, it would extend and lock into place. Okay. Yeah. So, they're showing the silence. It looks a little funny. So maybe the back end of that is what's missing. Oh yeah. I'm trying to see what, what are they talking about there? So if you can see the one picture where you can kind of see the, the back end part of it, where it would slide in. Huh. I think I have a one thirty. pretty sure I have an e-mate. I think I have a one I've had like a bunch of different Newtons over the years. I've never had a 2000 or 2100 though. So it looks like you can get aligned with it with the right kind of serial connection. But you can see that these aren't that expensive. Well, that one was kind of expensive, but you can kind of pick. Yeah, this one sold for one seventy five. Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised at that. You think it's a bit high? I I think so, but okay. All right, so I found. Okay, so I found this is an interesting one. So the next one up is described as Apple Newton Message Pad. Apple Newton message pad model H1000, vintage Apple. So this should be the very first uh, Newton message pad. It's in the box. So they're showing you the box, and uh, this guy is not sold too much. And they don't show you too much. It's barely sliding it out. It's described as Apple message pad Newton model H1000, communication assistant, new in box, only open to inspect product. Comes from a smoke and pet-free home. This person only has four feedback. So I don't know. I mean, how can they know it's... I don't know if I'd trust that it's absolutely brand new. Um, but interestingly, this is person with only four feedback. If you go see other items... Yeah, the box, the picture in the box is... It's like... The box is open, but it looks yeah. like it's still packed 
originally. But the person's got two of these listed. One, this one is an auction, fifty nine ninety nine with no bids, and then um, oh, the person has some other stuff up, and then um, and then they have one for ninety nine dollars. Buy it now with the same exact description. So I'm wondering, is it the same one? <laughs> okay. And then just whichever one sells first, they'll kill the other one off or something. Because they don't know you're not allowed to do oh. that. Oh, maybe. So. Well, games they play, people play on eBay. Yeah. See, out of uh, Kerman, California. But, you know, being in a... Oh, look, look at the picture. Oh, it looks like they bought it like at a flea market or a thrift store. There's a $10.99 little sticker stuck up on the box. <laughs> I don't see. You must look at this one I'm looking at. On the front? Yeah, on the front of the box, under the Apple logo. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, ten ninety nine. Okay. Right, so you can see that's the original Newton, and uh, the stylus had like a little pocket thing on the on the side of it that the stylus went into. No cover for the um, for the front. You could buy like a little slip cover that you could slip it in. Um, Looking at it, the, it coming halfway out of the packaging, it looks like it is in a cover of some sort, like a foldover. Yeah, you're right. So maybe it did come with the cover, um, like a soft clamshell type cover like you know you can get with these with, with mobile phones these days well it was like a little uh like i say a slip case like okay a slip case oh, i mean cover. that's what it is you just pull it out like a, a vinyl and cardboard i think i have an original newton too now i think about it because i have one in a slip case hurry up run there and find out <laughs> <laughs> call call my daughter all right so what else you got Let's see. Where are we? Oh, okay. I'm losing track of where we're at. Seems like we have more links in here than we did last time. Okay. Switching gears slightly, I uh, went to... You found one. A vintage Apple Newton E-Mate 300. I don't understand their title here. Drawing Instruction Green with Stylus Rare. Yeah. Well, i got to put the word rare in it. $70 free shipping from Oklahoma City. Um and it, it looks like it's in pretty good shape. It has the stylus. Uh, and this is exactly what I saw um, at Kansas Fest. Now, they don't show this running, do they? No. They, oh, there it is. Now it's running. I, I had to go okay, like yeah. almost to the 10th picture to see that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the Newton OS in a different form factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's basically I, like, say that it's like the 2000 or the 130 just built into this little case. I sat down and played with it when I was at Kansas Fest, and it's a nice novel little toy. Um, something I don't necessarily need in my collection. I, for some reason, that 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 rounded style clamshell case just turns me off. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's the same thing for the, the early MacBooks that had that weird yeah. shape to it. Yeah, it just it, to me, it's just not aesthetically pleasing. Hmm. But that's just me. I, I prefer the square designs, or you know, the designs like of the the macbooks starting with the the white cases the more recent like 2009 macbooks you know that i can deal with but for some reason i think they tried too hard with this style of clamshell casing and can you imagine that costs 800 dollars in 1996 i want to say i don't think that's what you're yeah maybe it had to have an organic look uh because it's the 90s right and it was just well, the thing was, I mean, compared to a, a laptop at the time, it was cheap, I guess. But 
highly limited to what a laptop could do, but it was supposed to be made for like a classroom. A, a school could have a classroom full of these and they all had infrared. So like the kids could like type up their assignments and then beam them all to the teacher. Send notes to each other too. Yeah. Uh, what, did that ever happen though? Did, did they use it in that kind of environment? I, I'm sure somewhere maybe they tried to do that, but I don't know how it's probably in California. Was. Yeah. I guess this was an early attempt, I think, to start going to like the one laptop per child sort of thing that finally came in. You know, what one was that? Like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know they tried to, you know, they tried, um, everybody tries to get their computers and stuff into classrooms and some are successful, some aren't. I was just popping over looking at this guy's other auctions. He has a interactive modular driving simulator. Yeah. I guess I guess there was a hardware-based driving simulator. It looks like a PC with a steering wheel on it, but it says it's incomplete. Oh, and it's got the Microsoft XP Professional OEM product key. Anybody need a Microsoft Windows product key? Because it's right here in this picture. I bet a lot of um, stuff came out of schools, maybe school auctions or something. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe this is for driving class. But, yeah, it's basically a huge box about the size of a silicon graphics uh, indigo system, mm-hmm. but with a full steering wheel and turn signals and, and shift lever, column shift um, attached to it. This is interesting. Anyway, I'm getting off track here, but Pretty this is cool. rather neat. Okay. So my next auction is – okay, so this is a Apple Newton Message Pad 2000 bundle. And uh, this is still an action an, – an, what am I trying to say? A, uh active auction, and it's 12950 as a start opening bid, which I think uh, no bids yet. Yeah. Isn't too bad if you get it for that. So fairly well, cheap. Somebody has a day and 22 hours or by the time mm-hmm. this gets published, 22 hours. So shipping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be another day. We're going to publish tonight, man. Oh, it comes with a 28, eight. It says excellent oh, working condition. So there was a PCM CIA slot on those things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that makes the, it the earlier nice. ones too. I think. Now, if you look at like the picture of the bottom of it, it had that rubberized coating, and you know how oh, that, that shark skin starts... coating, yeah. Uh, the Newtons aren't as bad, but they they start breaking down too, as uh, some some other devices. I know in finding some of these auctions, there are some really uh, grubby looking message pads. Did you see those two on eBay? No, especially like, Look down below where it says people also viewed. And if you look at okay. a couple of these other oh, yeah. Pads, wow, yeah, they do look messed up. Yeah, it's like that uh, the rubberized plastics or whatever is just starting to break just down. flakes away. So. Or get this very rare one for $1,300. Buy it now. Free shipping. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a clear one that was used for development. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it is clear. You can see all the gears turning inside. There's the mouse. Yep, it's running. Little little hamster inside too. So take it away. What's your next one? I think I had one of these. Is this the right one? Um, oh, oh you know, we are in our random auctions now, and I just kind of stumbled across this. I thought, okay, let's put it in there. Uh, Sanyo MBC twelve hundred CPM business computer, near mint condition, and this one was in. Uh, Dunlin, New Jersey, whatever exit that is. Um, CPM computer with two floppy disk drives. Computer does not appear to have been used. Has original box packing materials and stuff. Well, that's actually not 
bad. Um, I didn't put a link to. I didn't put the link to the original listing. So, going to this. Oh, it didn't sell, right? It just ended today. It's starting yeah. bid two hundred. Yes, ended today. Not too long. That's right. It had nine minutes left when I saw it. That's why uh, I ended up putting it in. So it did end with no bids. Um, and I mean, it it's working. With CPM two point two, which I believe was the latest greatest available. Now this has like the uh, the function keys like a terminal would have. Mm-hmm. So you could probably interface this with an AS400 uh, through serial because then you have your PF1 through PF15 and you know run some green screen apps of an old terminal uh, system it, disk. Oh, yeah, it's definitely S- a running, isn't it? It's definitely a computer. Yep. I, for 200 bucks for a CPM machine that's somewhat unique, it's probably not too bad. Uh, maybe they're asking a little too much for it. Shipping for me is twenty one dollars, which actually isn't bad for yeah, something that size. Yeah, for me. So no, yeah. not at all. That, and when, yeah, they made a mistake of you have to. You really shouldn't. You really shouldn't try to open it up at that. Just put a reserve on it. But you know what they're trying yeah. to do is because it costs more to create an auction with a reserve. Okay, I, I think anyway. I haven't done it in a long time. And so, well, they have a lot of the discs look good. Uh, the original manuals. There's the Word Star manual, Data Star, Calc Star, and Report Star. I'm seeing a trend here. Um, Sanyo MicroPro, uh, Compact, the Direct Disk Interchange Utility for CPM eighty. Oh, quite a bit. Yes, it's. Uh, I mean, for somebody who wants a CPM machine that. It looks in good condition. This is not bad. Uh, that's where I've seen it before. I didn't have. I've never had one of these. I I just remember if you look at the binder there and it's got like their portfolio or whatever, or it's like yeah. a, an ad. Oh yeah, it's on the front of like a brochure. Oh, oh you would have. Yeah, you would have seen this in one of those uh, computer shopper or bike yeah, magazines. Yeah, I've seen that picture. That, so the NBC. MBC so it's showing graphics. Does it support graphics? Yeah, I think it it uh, it did. Ah, do some see aggressive. now a CPM machine that supports bitmap graphics that has some value. Mm-hmm. It has a box too. Yeah, so two hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't have a spare two hundred bucks. I also don't have a spare. Uh, what would that be? About twenty five cubic feet of space requirement. Drive on over there and get it. I should. Yeah. yeah I don't need to go to work tomorrow. Maybe the guy would take a hundred bucks for it since it didn't sell it too. So for our last auction, check out what I found for the random auctions. I thought this was pretty cool. This is an active auction. Uh, so got a week to go, 50 bucks first bid, uh, reasonable shipping, 4250 to me from Maryland. But this is a vintage Victor, which a lot of people have heard oh, of. Oh yeah. Model 412 personal computer with DOS 3.1 PC 602 mono CRT monitor so this is a matching old uh pc with the uh, with the uh display it just needs a keyboard and they say um it's got the power cord they, it says it uses a regular uh at style keyboard which of okay. course you could buy a generic one of those cheap and easy and yeah it may not be a victor keyboard but to me that'd be okay it says running with victor 9000 which this is not a victor 9000 but it's probably similar hardware um, I'm reading the DOS display here. Victor was a California company. They show a picture yep. of, uh, you know, like one of its labels. This is made in the USA, Victor Technology, Scotts Valley, California. But a pretty, um, you know, for a, a generic PC clone, you know, I'm pretty sure you it's had a build-in modem. It's an 8088 probably, right? Does it say? No. Nope. But it's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Yep. I like it. 
Oh, does it have the specs come up on it when it boots? Let's see. Uh, BIOS 1986 V9000. It didn't tell you what's inside. It's probably an 8088, though. Uh, I think it says down. Oh, you're right. It doesn't doesn't say. Or it could uh, be the um, what was it? What was it? The NEC. 286. Oh, the V20 or V30. Yeah, I bet you this one. Something like that. That would have been cheaper to for companies like this. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, nobody's identifying it. Doing a quick Google search. Nobody's identifying you need to get it. that model. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's not a lot of information on the Vector 4. Four one two. Are you looking There's at that a, too? Yeah, I, the, the first item in the list: Victor four one two personal computer at computerhistory.org catalog. They don't give any details. Oh, yeah, the next, it. the next item in the Google page is sodamachines.com, The Victor four twelve, um, which yeah. is a name. <laughs> it's a name of a uh, soda mach- machine that dispenses the uh, soda in the little cups that come down upside down. You know, you remember those, right? Yeah. It, you put money in. A cup comes down upside down, then it splashes soda and water over the top of it, and uh, then you don't have a soda. You just have a wet mess in front of the machine. Let's see here. I that's also a Victor 412, but I know that's not running anything, Intel. The source of all knowledge. So Wikipedia entry about Victor Technology, which was Victor Adding Machine, was a fledgling company in, company in 1918. Okay, so that's how long it's been around. We'll jump up. We'll jump further ahead here. Blah, blah, blah. What's this say? The Victor... Okay, so the Victor Business Machines in 1977, Chuck Peddle Serious Systems Technology made it. They made a deal with them, and they uh, made an affordable desktop designed for the needs of small business, the Serious One. Anyway, so this is, this is probably just a, <laughs> a you know branch off of that model, right? It, it just probably just ran regular DOS stuff, and you know, no big deal beyond that. I wanted to expect it to be a powerhouse of a computer, even back in its day. Maybe it was just a cost-reduced item for people who just want computing. They want to be able to run Lotus One Two Three. Mm-hmm. You must have it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I need. To, what I need to do is break out my IBM Fifty One Sixty and get that set up before the hard drive goes bad on that. I think I have those, uh, what is it, the, the, not Data East, Game Data? Is it the, the company who made all those uh, uh, game show games for PCs? I don't is remember. It? Data East sounds familiar, though. Yeah, I don't think it was Data East. I think it's something like Game Data or, or, or whatever. Oh, whatever. It's, I, I, I got to dig out that, that machine because I still have like the original monitor and an original keyboard for it. So what have we learned about values here? Well, the Newtons are all over the place, depending on the kind that you want. And yeah. some people try to leverage the Apple name. You know, and I'm surprised none of these said Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. Because That's it doesn't fall stop. away somehow. <laughs> well, you know, this past October, um, they, so he, you know, he's, he died over five years ago now. So it's been that long. Yeah, so time keeps rolling by. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, obviously Steve Jobs is going to remain pretty significant in Apple's history, and a lot of people still associate it, but I just, you know, less and less so as we go forward, right? 
Yeah. At least the general public and just general awareness and stuff. Oh, yeah. That brings back what I originally had for my news item, and I'll just go over it really quickly. The the article was actually four years old, but it just it dawned on me. It hit me just the same as it did the author of the article. Uh, um, what goes by what you know becomes, and then people aren't aware of anything anymore. New generations come in. This guy was talking about his experience where he, I guess, he needed to know if something ran on DOS or something like that. And somebody working for him said, what's DOS? Um, and that was like, that, that kind of hits you. It's like, there is a generation out there that doesn't even know what DOS is. But they're, yeah. you know, they're computer consultants or whatever. Or they're, they're doing heavier research in computing, but they don't know what DOS is. And that's a distinct possibility. Um, yeah. It, you know, just one of those things that hits you like, okay, you're getting old type thing. Well, and you can appreciate, you know, like oh, well. uh, there's lots of people out there who never heard of Philco, you know, in uh, radios and televisions. And yes. are never heard of, uh, uh, name an old car. What's a, what's what, what's a Studebaker. <laughs> Studebaker. Yep. Um, you know, things that were common. What other old cars? The Renault, the car, uh, AMC. Yeah. Any of the AMC cars? How about even Edison being uh, associated with General Electric, which is still, uh, you know, around after so long? Well, yep, that's true. Um, yeah, now it's just uh, anybody who thinks of Edison, it's usually the local power company if they have it in their area. All right, so let's see here. So we didn't have any um, – oh, we did have something on Facebook you found, I guess. Yeah, and I'm trying to load it up here. I can't – well, let me do the pictures. We'll try to get to it, and I'll mention – so we didn't really have any email. Uh, we did have a tweet uh, after our last show, and it was from Jim Fullerton. And he tweeted that there was an Apple II port of Geos in reference to uh, – we talked a little bit about uh, – in one of our auction items about the Geos operating system. I think it was, it was on like an HP little, uh, sort of a PDA laptop, right? And it ran Geos operating system. So he references, uh, the open Apple podcast episode 52. So we'll put that link in the show notes and you, it's called Robert Bow, Bowditch Geos and more Geos. So this is from a year ago. Look at that. Almost exactly a year ago, October 31st, 2015. So they okay. talked about Geos, which was, uh, you know, also existed on Apple too. I don't think that was brought up at Kansas Fest. Maybe it needs to be put in next year at Kansas Fest. It should be the whole theme of Kansas Fest. <laughs> Geos, yeah. You know, hey, it gives me something to consider. Maybe I should learn about it and do a session on and then it we at can Kansas s- Fest. Sneak in our Commodore love. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you find that? I had to look into that because I use Geos for the Commodore a lot, and it'd be interesting to see it working on other platforms like the Apple. Oh, did you find that Facebook thing? Well, I, I'm looking at it. Um, I, I may be pronouncing this name wrong. It's Micah and it, Tati, I think. Tad Tati. There's there's an umlaut over the A, so I don't know how that's pronounced. Uh, but I'm looking at there's scanned pictures, but I can't make them any bigger than what they are on the screen here. They're very small. Mm. Um, but it looks like um, it's 
talking about a um, well, here's a close up old computer fairs in Finland, January twenty January sixteenth to, to January twentieth, twenty seventeen. Um, it's and the address to focus you in. It starts at Earth, then Europe, then Finland, and then beyond that, I can't pronounce anything. Over five hundred old computers from nineteen forty to two thousand twelve. Um, but it's That's interesting. interesting. Those dates, huh? Got to find those dates. It, it's like they they were sent as a scanned like uh, somebody like he took a picture with his phone, and but Facebook just doesn't blow graphics up. You know they 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 shrink it down, so it's very hard to read this text. So, um, Mike, if you're listening, if you can send it to us again, uh, higher just, quality. Or type in some of the details. It's really hard to see these pictures um, because of what Facebook did to them. Or tell us about uh, it. Record yourself. Because I can't even I can't even read the website. There's a website here, more info, but I I cannot see it, and it could just be because I'm getting used to new glasses um, or new contact lenses. I'm sorry, um, but I can't quite read this text. Well, that's it's good to hear. There's going to be more and more FI. computer festivals everywhere, I think, going forward. So, And that's good that we have more of those, and especially worldwide, because, you know, things – there was a whole – U.S.-centric people. You know, we, we sometimes seem to be in our own world for things. I mean, yeah, we knew about the BBC computers and stuff like that, and, and then the influence in, in Europe about the Commodore, but, you know – there were other computers and instead of having to travel to the U S all the time, although we welcome anybody who is into vintage computers and like to go to the shows that we have, um, it's cool that there's more and more of that elsewhere. Spread the word, spread the news, spread the love. <laughs> but yeah, all I right. Oh wait, I think I got a closer look. No. Yes. Maybe there we go. Uh, I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> I think I got a slightly better view of it because they're showing up as downloads, but uh, I see www.soumentietokonemuseo.fi. Maybe I can extract that and put it in the uh, oh, I think I found list it. of links. I think I uh, did. You? Yep. Here's a down- button it's called um assembly computer festival so on facebook it's assembly party and um it's well uh, no that's so apparently they had one 2016 february 3rd through february 5th 2017 that's a this one's old computer fair in finland is that so it? maybe finland is well this one maybe this it, is it, not it this is not um in helsinki okay but Okay, but I can see the picture better now. Repairing, studying, photos, video interviews, books, talking about old computing history, science of IBM, Russian Mir 2 machine, Commodore Sinclair, MSX, Acorn Sun, etc. Um, so maybe Finland's having this revival of old computer stuff, um, which would be great. You know, if they're yeah. going to have multiple shows over the seasons, that, that you know, the more the merrier. Uh, but what I'll do while I can is I'll add to the show notes for this podcast the uh, 
the well, web page. I just found two. So I, I changed my search to Finland old computers. And on TripAdvisor, there's a, there's a computer and game console museum in Helsinki. So I wonder if it's related. Uh, so Helsinki, well, the, Finland. It and looks the, like the city for this one. I, I can only else? spell it. J-Y-V... A S K Y L A and hmm. the A's have umlauts on them. Okay. Um, so I I I cannot pronounce it. Um, that's sorry. I just can't pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, but I will I will add this link and to the show notes. Tell us about this museum too. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a shame the pictures like didn't work out all that well, but um, I can at least I found a download, so I can at least uh, get this. One and so old computer fairs in Finland. Well, that's cool. I wish I could go, but of course we all got to work, huh? I can't be a world traveler. I thought I saw that there is a special pricing for, um, (laughs) yeah, from Seattle, and I think it's to Finland. Three hundred and fifty dollars each way, but it's only between those two areas. I mean, from Seattle, that would be a really long trip, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd have to spend <laughs> I'd have to spend nine hundred dollars to go to Seattle to get the three hundred fifty dollars fare. <laughs> well, I mean, because no. <laughs> Seattle would be like is across from Asia, so would that really be? Wouldn't it be, almost be across the other be side a of the great world? Deal, yeah, for somebody who can get to that plane. Um, but who knows how all that works? You know, they, they maybe they're not having too many people fly that flight. Hey, who knows? Might might be the only one on the plane, too. All right, we're going to wrap it up. So show 51 will upload on Friday, November 11th, and we will continue covering the third tier of personal computing with the Casio Zoomer, the Amstrad Pinpad, if we can find any of those, and perhaps another notable PDA or two or three, or probably not. I don't know. We're going to, whatever we can find to close out that segment, or, or it might be an all random eBay auction show. We can't find anything. So find all of our show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Please send your feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Tell someone about us, please. You can uh, write a review on iTunes and help spread the word, uh, or on Facebook, help spread the word, Google+, Twitter, um, you know, our Facebook group, um, and also the Vintage Computer Forum. So uh, that's how I found out about the VCF uh, Zurich, is I took a quick uh, look in there and, and I saw where Oscar had posted. So definitely uh, the top forum set of forums to, to chit chat about old computers in I think. And that's going to be it for this episode. So remember caveat emptor let the buyer beware. Hey Jeff did you listen to last show where I, I stuck in that audio? <laughs> no I'm sorry. Caveat I, I, I did not uh, listen to it yet. <laughs> oh well, you get a chance to listen to the, the end of it. I, I just realized I'm here. I'll do that. I had to modify this URL because it doesn't work with the www in front of it. Wow. Uh, it's without the www. So whoever originally printed the paper that was snapshotted is not going to get anybody visiting them. So I had to. But it, it is in what's the language in, in Finland. Do you think it works in Europe, though, with the www? I guess that would make sense. Uh, that would be – that. Oh, there's the English. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll just put the Lang equals English right now. Um, no, www is basically like um, the, the host name. Yeah. Um, 
in most cases, you can do it with or without if the DNS is set up that way. But in this case, there is no www, so it probably doesn't resolve to anything and then fails to get there. Mm. So uh, they could they could add www to their DNS and it will work with or without it. But that was not done. So I'll, I found the correct link, and I'm going to fix it now before you even saw that it was a problem. So remember, until next time, the cake is a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> retro compute? Oh, wait, wrong podcast. <laughs> that's even getting retro. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. That's, that's a few years old. Retro compute. <laughs> retro compute. You. What's that? Uh, wait, I'm trying to think now on retro Metcast. Um, oh, hey, Jeff, it's not old. I don't <laughs> you, know. You don't listen to it. <laughs> no, I, I haven't listened. Oh, oh, James always yeah. goes, it's not old. And, and Ever since uh, I installed my ham radio in my car, I don't listen to podcasts anymore in the car. John goes, it's retro. It's retro. <laughs> it's not old. That's right. I did. I, I now remember it when you said it. It's not old. It's, it's retro. Bye. Goodbye. On eBay, I buy your knickknack. Just check my feedback. A plus plus. They all say they love me on eBay. Gonna buy a slightly damaged skull.
escape who is liable to snipe you with two seconds left to go. Whoa, got PayPal or Visa? What?